This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Where do the Raiders go from here? That's the question for owner Mark Davis, GM Dave Ziegler, and coach Josh McDaniels as the team and Raider Nation deal with the realities of a 2-6 and six record and a season really in shambles. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. I am your host, Scott Branson. My partner and co-host Mo Moten is a bit under the weather today, so we hope he'll be back for Thursday's show. Of course, our best to him. But we get back to Raiders football. It was another blown lead. It was another blown opportunity as the frustration in the locker room has boiled over. Derek Carr's three-minute, yes, three-minute uh, pro- post-game press conference saw the ninth-year quarterback just appear frustrated. I mean, if you saw the video, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so he was holding back from calling out perhaps his coaches, perhaps players, from whatever is ailing this team. Here's what Carr said. He said, quote, I think there's a lot I want to say, but if I'm honest, I don't need to say it here, Carr said pausing really several times throughout that whole press conference and, again, appearing frustrated. Quote, there are things that will be said that need to be addressed and all those things, but I think as a whole, the urgency part of it, that after 30 minutes of football, we have to learn that the game is not over. I feel like I've been in this situation a lot. We have new coaches here or this or that. You have to teach the new guys. This is how we do it. And that's getting tiring. But at the same time, it's my job. I'll say that for right now. But there's things in-house that we'll have to talk about man 
to man. That's Derek Carr clearly, clearly. I mean, there's no other way to put it, right? Clearly upset about what has happened to this team, and I can't blame him. Now, does he own some of it? Of course he does. We'll talk about that later. But this is a team effort. The failure, successes all happen as a team. A team with playoff aspirations entering this season with loads, loads of talent on offense scores zero points, zero in the second half in the team's 27 20 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. But who's to blame, right? That's the question all of you have on your mind. I've seen on Twitter, all of you, you got your take. Some blame the coaches. Some blame the defense. Some blame Derek Carr. Some blame Mark Davis. Some blame everybody. <laughs> There's probably more truth to the everybody statement, but we'll get into it, okay? That's, that's part of what we're going to do in this first segment here on Silver and Black today on this Tuesday. We hope your Tuesday's going well. By the way, I have to remind you, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, Mo and I would really appreciate if you would do that for us now. Wherever you get your podcast, you can get it from Silver and Black today. Whether you're listening to us on your Amazon Alexa, hey Alexa, play Silver and Black today. Boom, she'll play it. If you are on Apple Podcasts, They'll play it there for you. You could do it on Spotify. You can do it on Stitcher. You can do it on uh, iHeartRadio. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find this show. So go over, hit the subscribe button, and then on your phone, do me a favor as well. Hit the auto download feature. That way, every time we push a new show, it'll come to you. We also push the whole show to you. And segments. I heard a lot of feedback from all of you guys saying, hey, I love it on my commute because I can listen to the three parts of the show separately. One on my way to work, one on my workout, and then the other one on my way back from work. So it works out great. So make sure you hit the auto download. Uh, and uh, we appreciate that as always. No YouTube show for today. We had some technical difficulties on Sunday. We're still working those out. But you can usually catch us on YouTube as well. So go over there, subscribe, hit the notifications button as well. But the question, who's to blame? Carr didn't want to say it, but Devontae Adams was much more clear with his assessment about uh, what he had to say about this team and its failings in his postgame comments. He had a gaggle in the locker room with uh, journalists who covered the team. And uh, remember, he started the game. You ready for this? Started the game, nine catches, 146 yards, two touchdowns, only to see three targets and one catch for zero yards in the second half. Imagine that. You are on fire. Fire. And in the second half, the Raiders just don't go to you. They just don't. It's not that he was bracketed, he was covered, blah, blah, blah. No. They just made a conscious effort not to go to Devontae Adams. Very strange. So... Adams, again, in the locker room, after seeing just those three targets and one catch uh, for zero yards in the second half, was more forward with his criticism, I believe, and we all believe, and the writers wrote, of Josh McDaniels and his game plan and play calling in the second half. And how could he not? How could he not? When the media asked him during the postgame, if he was afraid, because they were sensing, he was saying things. You could kind of almost get some code. And then they asked him straight up. I think my friend Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal said, are you afraid of criticizing your coach? Adder, Adams 
emphatically said he wasn't afraid. And this is what he said, quote, I'm not scared of that, Adam said. At the end of the day, I don't care. Like, you can say whatever you want to say. The coach has got to make the adjustments just like the players do. And that's just the way that the game goes. Now, specifically, specifically, Adams questioned why. Why? When during the first half of the, the game, the passing game and targeting him was working like a charm. It was working so well. Everybody got excited. This was all. Oh, this is the offense we thought we would see for 2022. Sands Darren Waller, who was out again, but with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, this is this is what we expected. Was this high flying offense get the ball to Devontae Adams? Now Devontae Adams not a burner. He's not going to blow the top off the defense, but he does. He does create all sorts of mismatches, right? So so you have Adams saying he's not afraid. But he did say the passing game and targeting was working so well, why did the team go away from it? That was his question. He said, quote, the way we were attacking in the first half, it was working, he said. It was working. We got away from that and started playing the game a little different. We could have continued doing what we were doing in the first half, and it would have been, you know, who knows, Adams said. Quote, but I feel we didn't put ourselves in the best position based on how we came out in the second half. Shot fired across the bow of the SS McDaniels. No question. And, and you know what? He's right. He's absolutely right. And not only is he right, but we've seen this with McDaniels throughout the season. You had Dave Ziegler, the GM, last week say he was proud of the progress McDaniels made when everyone else is seeing that McDaniels seems to be making the same mistake. Now, I'm not in the fire Josh McDaniels mode. I know a lot of you are, and I get it. You're frustrated fans, and you're going with your heart and totally understand. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. But for me, I'm not there yet, and he's not going to get fired. I'm sorry. He could lose the rest of the games. He's still not going to get fired, folks. So you got to come to grips with that. It doesn't do the franchise well to just cycle people in and out, in and out all the time, no matter what you think of them. Okay? So knowing that, Devontae Adams is frustrated. There's something not happening. Mo and I have been talking about this. Murph on the Sunday postgame shows. Evan on the Sunday postgame shows. We've all been talking about this and talking about how there's something not right in the building. Something these coaches are doing... There, there, there's not a cohesive vision or a shared vision on how things should go. Clearly, the coaching staff has a plan. It works. And then they, they deviate. Why would you deviate? It's working. Right? So that happens. So that's Devontae Adams. And I will tell you, it, it, now, they get the Indianapolis Colts in Vegas on Sunday at the Death Star who just fired Frank Reich yesterday, and you're going to have Jeff Saturday, the former center for the Colts, who doesn't have any coaching experience. And there's no one on the Colts team with any play-calling experience in the NFL. Zero. So it looks like the Raiders are set up with the easiest possible game they can get at home against the Colts. But 
The thing is, and you saw this on Sunday, losing breeds frustration. And clearly Carr and Adams are frustrated. The Raiders, who blew their third, third 17-0 lead in a game this season. A new record for futility, by the way, for a franchise in the NFL in the same year. It's a franchise that enjoyed an offseason of really just high praise and high expectations. You all had high expectations. Mine were tempered a little bit, but I certainly thought this was a playoff team. So shame on me, too. Mo called 10 and 7. I called, I think, 11 and 6. I don't know what I was smoking, but that's what I called. And while the GM Ziegler and the head coach McDaniels continued to blame the team's slow start on a failure to execute, two of the Raiders' biggest stars are pushing back. And that appears to be fully directed at the head coach. Now, are they right about execution? Absolutely. Clearly, the Raiders aren't executing. But, but, when you deviate from what was working in the first half, it's not that the Jags made such great adjustments. And even if they did make good adjustments, you still stick with what's going on. You don't go... Guy's got 146 yards receiving the first half, and you go to him three times in the second half? Are you kidding me? Just terrible. And so, so the players are frustrated. And, and while there's plenty of blame to go around, including the players on the field, they have to play the game. They have to execute the X's and O's. They have to catch balls. They have to throw balls. Okay? They have to block up front. But this team is where it's at because of the brass in charge of it. That's what I believe. There's no doubt. And now the players are starting to say it more publicly. That's not to absolve the players of their culpability in what has been a terrible half of the 2022 season. That's not what I'm doing here. But hear me out on this before you want to blame somebody like Derek Carr alone or Patrick Graham's defense alone or the offensive line alone. No. I have to say, this is a team that Ziegler's and McDaniels constructed. Yes, they inherited. I understand they inherited all the pieces. They chose to sign Carr to an extension. They chose to sign Waller, Crosby, Renfro, and Adams to big money extensions. They also signed a non-factor in Chandler Jones on the defensive line at edge, trading away Yannick Ngakwe, who's having a much better year. And they paid Chandler Jones $51 million. Bad call. Bad call. The Ngakwe trade to the Colts for Rocky Sin. Eh, he's played better as of, as of recently, but not lighting the world on fire. So, so that's one. They signed a very average Bilal Nichols up front on defense, and he's been marginal at best. The same Brian Trust said they were good. Hey, we're good. We're good on the offensive line. We're deep. We have depth on the offensive line, is what Josh McDaniels said. Not only that, but as Field Yates from NFL.com pointed out last week, the team's middle core of the defense is not anywhere, anywhere near what they thought it was. And it can't, it's not even close to being a playoff caliber defense and not even close. Many of these weaknesses, of course, if you listen to this show, you knew about many of these weaknesses. You heard myself and Mo 
Lots of other Raiders, broadcasters, journalists, and content creators talk about this during the summer leading up to the season. But I will say this. What none of us saw was the complete dysfunction on offense. The inability of this team to put teams away at any point. 17-0 to zero and 20-0. to zero. Really, if you count the one. But three times. Three times. No other team in the NFL has lost a game when they've built a 17-0 lead this year. And the complete failure of the head coach and offensive player, play caller, really, to get this thing and to get a game closed when you have that big of a lead is just ridiculous. And the Raiders have played, excuse me, have not played an entire complete football game yet in 2022. That's on McDaniels. And what is it about the Raider culture that makes it this way? What is Josh McDaniels doing or not doing where he doesn't have the buy-in from his guys? That's the question to ask. Why did he go away from the successful first-half plan against the Jaguars? A playoff team now from a year ago had its fans more focused on the 2023 NFL draft now than the rest of the season. That's where we're at. And there are no excuses. I mean, just, there's just no excuses. We're past excuses. We're past last week's propaganda from Ziegler saying the Saints game was, quote-unquote, an anomaly. When a team shows you who they are, believe what you see, not what the GM tells you. And to me, that was insulting to Raider Nation. Just admit where you're at. Mo and I did, what, two segments on this last week. No, because that's the, the bottom line. Here's the bottom line, Raider Nation. The truth will set you free. And the truth is the Raiders are a mess. They're such a mess that you, you, it's just, it's really time to start focusing on the long-term future. This team will not go from its current state to a Super Bowl contender with a new coach. So forget you fire McDaniels, folks. Or improving a few spots. It needs to determine who's in and who's out by the Super Bowl. Who's in, who's out? What's your long-term plan? Put it together now. If you're keeping the coach like Mark Davis claims, and I believe, and I think they probably should, then you build around his vision and get the players he wants. We don't know who he wanted, except for the new guys who came in, the draft. Obviously, Devontae Adams. But the Derek Carr question, which we're going to get to later in the show. But right now, these guys are kind of a walking disaster with the fan base, and they got to figure that out. His players are on the verge of revolt at least the silent revolt type. They're not in sync, and the team is continuing to lose even when it's winning. It's winning ball games, and then it just falls apart. The 2022 Raiders, I mean, I think there's no question they're the most disappointing team in the NFL. You've seen all the rich eyes and stuff on it, so I won't go over that all, but that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And I don't know that they've reached rock bottom yet. Let's face it. If they lose to the Colts this week, that's rock bottom. But as we discussed, Mo and I on this show last week, be truthful with your assessment and then work on getting better. That's all. Tell everybody. The people of Raider Nation are ride or die. They won't leave you because you lose. Obviously, the last 30 years prove that. There's no more loyal fan base, and I keep saying this, in all of sports. But lie to them 
and woe unto you. Woe unto you. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll go, I'll finish my thoughts on this. And then we'll start talking a little bit specifically about the offense and the defense. And then I will save the last segment of the show to discuss the Derek Carr situation, where he's at, and what I think about that. And I know a lot of you, a lot of folks I've seen the last couple of weeks just just turn and they're like, I'm done. I'm done with Derek Carr. So we'll talk about that too. You're listening to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. I am Scott Colbranson. Again, Mo Moten off today. He's a little under the weather, but we hope to have him back on Thursday. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. We'll be right back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back to Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition of our Odyssey original podcast where we cover nothing but Las Vegas Raiders football. It's a tough time to be a Raiders fan again. I understand that, but thank you all for listening. You continue uh, to just blow us away by your support, and we certainly appreciate it, all except for those clowns that make smart-ass comments. You can you know, kiss my backside. But otherwise, the rest of you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We'd appreciate it. Make sure you turn on auto-download, please, on your phone. That way, every time we push out a show, you will get the show right to your phone. You don't even have to remember. It'll just bing, pop up on your phone. It'll say, hey, Scott and Mo are here. They want to talk. And <laughs> You go from it. Uh, but finishing, I just want to finish up thoughts on on this whole situation because I think I think where fans believe the Raiders are at, and and to a certain degree, I believe this as well. The team has to go into some rebuilding mode now. Tim Brown commented on his Twitter handle about how they're kind of rebuilding. If you look at what happened with with John Gruden and Josh McDaniels, look. I respect Tim Brown, obviously. He's amazing, and not only that, but he's he's go Irish. But I think there's some differences, some key differences. You know, John John Gruden didn't inherit a team that had went to the playoffs. It was four and twelve when he when he when he inherited that team. They traded away Cleo Mack. You know, all kinds of things are different there. But I get what he's saying is it takes time. Now, I don't disagree with him at all. But you won ten games a year ago. And now you're off to a two and six start. That's regressing backwards after you added pieces and paid a lot of guys. So that's the difference to me. So you're in some sort of rebuilding mode based on the results and the flack coming back from its star players. If it's keeping Josh McDaniels, Mark Davis has to decide again if he wants to commit to a guy who has lost its two most important players on offense just halfway through the season. Like that, that relationship has to be repaired. Number one. Number two, you can be loyal, but as a business owner, if it's not working, you cut bait without feelings. That's where we're at, just eight games in with Josh McDaniels. Again, I don't think Josh McDaniels will get fired. I don't think he should be fired. So that's where we're at. But you deserve better, Raider Nation does. And I hope Mark Davis is pissed off and demands some change. That's it. Whatever that change may be. Okay, 
But I will tell you this. I do think that this team has got to think about three years into the future after, after this season. So you're talking about 2026. And if you're thinking about 2026, and it's currently 2022, going into the 2023 NFL season next year in the draft, then you decide, okay, uh, who stays, who goes. Now, we know from the reports the Packers offered a second-round pick for Darren Waller, who's injured. Why they didn't trade him, I don't know. Not that I don't like Darren Waller. Again, we've, we've talked about it on this show. He has not been reliable. He has not played. He's not been healthy. It was a contract extension that didn't have to happen this year. That's a bad Dave Ziegler move. Just is. I, that's my opinion. You can like it, hate it. I don't care. I'm just telling you what I think. But they also gave Hunter Renfro his deal. Okay? They gave Derek Carr the deal. Devontae Adams they extended. They didn't have to, but I get it. You know, top three in the game, you do that. Got it. Okay, cool. So you made, and you give Max Crosby his deal. I got no problem with Max Crosby and his deal. Right thing for the team. But Chandler Jones, $51 million, might as well have flushed it down the toilet. Just right down the toilet. That's it. So you're now in this situation where you got to start unloading people. I really believe this because your defense, your defense needs so much work. You need work up the middle on the defensive line. You need defensive tackles. You need another defensive end. You still need linebackers. You need defensive backs, cornerbacks, and safeties. Okay? You got a lot of bodies you need to get. So so this team on defense uh, is, not, is not able to produce anything. It does, and, and, and people overlook this in the Jaguars game, it gave the Raiders the opportunity to win the game on offense. So while they gave up 27 points, the Raiders had the opportunity to twice score and take the lead, or at least tie it at the end. Okay? So the defense, while not great, not very good, still gave the offense time to do it, chance to do it, and they couldn't do it. The offense, again, was brutal. And with all the money you spent on offense and a 9 year veteran at quarterback just completely completely unacceptable just is so while you can say well what offense you can't well, you gotta have defense has gotta stop people look you were up 17 to nothing <laughs> all you have to do is keep scoring okay the offense couldn't do it again just couldn't do it again. Derek Carr looked terrible. Even on two on, on one of the touchdown passes, it was underthrown to Devontae Adams. The one down the middle of the end zone. It was behind him. He had to go back to get it. So Derek Carr continues to struggle. But the defense, all the work you need on defense. Look, Perryman had a great year last year. Does okay at times. He's just the, the father time is caught up. Divine Diablo, we found out on Monday on IR. He wasn't doing that great either. You have Blake Martinez, who played really well. A couple big plays for them, but he is what he is. So you, you, you have a void at linebacker. Then you have a void up front. Now, Cleve Farrell is the best player the Raiders have in the middle on the front. Yes, I said it. He doesn't get sacks, but he's played really well if you watch the film. Bilal Nichols, a bust. 
You just have nothing up front. So Max Crosby can work his ass off like he does on every single play. And it's easy to stop because you don't have anybody else putting pressure. Then you get past the line, linebacker's weak. Then you have weak safeties. Deron Harmon, the veteran they signed for this one-year deal, is doing great. Jonathan Abram, not going to be here next year. Trayvon Morig has gone way backwards and is disappointing, so I don't know what's going on there with coaching or what, what's going on in his head. It's not working. If it's scheme, whatever it is. Cornerback Nate Hobbs still out. Amik Robertson is a good rotational player. Yes, he makes mistakes. Yes, he's not a pro bowler, but he's a guy you need on your roster, and I think he stays. But outside of that, you're going to need a lot, <laughs> right? You're going to need a lot of help. And so when you look at the Raiders, there's a lot of work that has to be done. And if a lot of work has to be done, then that tells me you got to start clearing space. You've got to start clearing space. Monday, they announced something that uh, our boys Schultz Report on Twitter reported last week, by the way. I tweeted out, nobody even responded to me about saying, hey, here's, here's some news on the Raiders. But he called it last week, almost five days ago, the Raiders signed cornerback Sidney Jones, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks. He was a second-round pick and actually a pretty good guy. They just The Seahawks have done so well with the draft that he was expendable to them. So uh, you got that in. Some people are, why are we signing anybody? Who cares? All right, all right. Settle down. Settle down. I know you're disappointed. Come on. Pull up on the couch next to Dr. Scott, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> you got to have guys in the game. You got to try to rescue what you can out of this season, right? And in that defense, they just need guys. They don't have bodies, right? Even guys who aren't performing, you can't pull them out because you got nobody behind them. But I think this might be end up being a pretty good signing for them um, because as far as it goes, Jones was not let go in Seattle because um, he, he wasn't very good. He just, he just was odd man out up there. But And plus, he played the University of Washington. But anyway, I, I think it's an upgrade for them. We'll see how he does. But anyway, that defense has a lot of work. You got to think about that. Then on the offensive side of the ball, said Darren Waller, right? So I know a lot of you are into this conspiracy theory that he is not injured. I don't believe that. I believe he is injured. Uh, and that's part of the problem, too. Part of the problem is Mo and I told you on this show how many times. Don't give him the contract. Until next year. Let him play this year. If he's healthy and deserves it, then give him all the money he wants. But guess what? They gave him the money first, and he's injured, and he's been no impact on this team. It hurts. It hurts a lot, right? Then you have uh, Hunter Renfro. My man, Hunter Renfro. Love the guy. But guess what? Concussion. Hasn't been involved in the offense. We talked a lot about last week. Josh McDaniels may be asking him to do route running differently. And if that's the case, it's kind of gotten in the way. He hasn't been very productive. Three catches. Three catches against Jacksonville. What? Uh, just not good. Okay. And then Derek Carr gave him money too. Now, you have the out at the end of the season, which is what we're going to talk about next segment. But to me, you got to make some tough choices here. Because this Raiders team needs a lot of work, and they got to get younger. The secret to winning in the NFL is 
to get guys who have impact on rookie contracts. This is the way it is. Okay. If that's the way it is, then you got to say goodbye bye to veterans. And not only that, but you have to have the ability to, to, to maneuver. And so that to me points to, unfortunately for Raider Nation, a, a couple more lean years. Definitely next year. I think you got you to press the reset button to a certain degree. Who you can offload, you got to try to offload. But some of them now have massive cap hits, and so you can't. You got to either trade them or figure out another way. Salary cap goes up, which is good. And the Raiders look to be right now, they're number three in the draft. If it, if it ended today, that's where they would be. And they would get a quarterback, no question. So that's where we're at. I mean, that's the, the bottom line on the offense and defense is there's a lot of bodies that need to come in there. And we didn't even talk about the offensive line. You need, you need at least two, maybe three offensive linemen. Starters. Starters. And if that's the case, oof. Again, you need to find talent. You got to supplement with free agents, yes. But you just need way too much right now. All A lot of the pieces we thought were in place are not working. Just not. We all miscalculated, me included. Mia culpa. So we'll have to see. All right, we're going to take our second break right now. When I come back, let's get into the Derek Carr situation. It uh, has a lot of feelings. I had one clown, and I do mean clown, on YouTube say that I'm always criticizing Derek Carr, which is completely asinine. He also called me still a Charger fan because I grew up a Charger fan. These people come from uh, a certain line of former listeners who who can't come to grips with somebody who covers the Raiders that used to be a Charger fan, even though you could go back worth five years worth of shows and not find anything that is positive about the Chargers. <laughs> Oh, social media is such an interesting place full of wackos. Uh, but luckily, we got all you guys, all the great listeners out there. So thank you for being with us. Okay, we'll step aside when we come back. We'll talk Derek Carr here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Stay where you are. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition here on the 8th of November, 2022. I hope you and, user, you and yours, excuse me, are doing well early in this week. I'm still trying to get over the whole time change thing. Yeah, the sun comes up earlier, which I like because I was kind of tired of driving to work in the in the dark. But now I got to come home and it's dark and it just feels so much later. I know after a few weeks, it'll probably tail off a little bit for me. But man, this whole thing, and I guess there's a bill in front of Congress to get rid of it. What do you guys think about that? I, I would like to get rid of daylight savings. I just would. It makes all the sense in the world. We're not an agrarian farm society. I understand much respect to all those people out on the farm, but not the rest of us. So let's get rid of daylight savings time. Uh, also, some people would like to get rid of Derek Carr. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about in this final segment of today's show, which is Derek Carr has always been polarizing. We talk about it all the time. But I will say this. Uh, I've, I told you last week I was getting to the point where I really think that maybe it's time for both sides to say goodbye, right? Not because I don't think Derek Carr could be effective. I think being in such a toxic environment, being in such a dysfunctional organization for nine seasons, talent aside, what he can do aside, what he can't do aside, just that alone is tough. 
So if I'm Derek Carr, I wouldn't mind a fresh start somewhere. Let me show you what I can do with with a place where I get a fresh start, right? I'm not saying he wants it. He's always said that he won't play anywhere else, and and he may he may be true. I could see Derek Carr easily, if the Raiders cut him loose, I could easily see him retiring. He's made enough money. He's not a dumb guy. He knows what he's doing. He's got a good family, not only his wife and children, but he's got his brothers. He's got his extended family and friends. Like, he can do anything. So I, I don't think he has to play football, for money at least. But the situation is this. The Raiders, as I told you last segment, the Raiders have to build this team. They have to get bodies. They have to get younger. They have to get younger contracts. They got to get rookie contracts. The draft the last three years, not counting the Ziegler year, so the three previous with John Gruden and Mike Mayock, killed this franchise. Just set this franchise back so far. It's why John Gruden didn't succeed, despite the, the emails. Talking about just football-related. They didn't succeed because they couldn't get the talent they needed on young contracts. They went out and tried to sign Corey Littleton, those guys that didn't pan out. Trent Brown, blah, 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 down the list. <laughs> Antonio Brown. <laughs> Sorry to remind you of that one. So, so they did this, and they completely boffed it for Ziegler and McDaniels because there was nothing in there. There was there, There's no draft picks, the amount of draft picks that, that, and I know Henry Ruggs is a different situation because of, that was a personal choice on his part, a deadly one. But... This team and this franchise is where it is from a talent perspective because those guys drafted poorly. Now, yes, Josh Jacobs, I get it. But Josh Jacobs coming into this year had a lot to prove. He still does, but he's off to a great start and done well. You have a top two rusher in the NFL, by the way, and you're, at, you're fourth and one, fourth and two, and you don't give them all. Well, sorry, I'm, I'm going back into the McDaniels conversation. <laughs> but so, so, so this team has been in that position. So they're going to have to go get a lot of bodies. They have to really draft well. And so the window on Derek Carr having an opportunity to win a championship with the Raiders, I think, is completely over. No matter, no matter if he was having his best career year and they were still performing like they are because – they just couldn't hold offenses and they were getting outscored, whatever the reason may be. Nine-year veteran, Derek Carr's skills seem to be going a little backwards. Just is. It happens to everybody. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm saying the balls have been underthrown. He's not been himself. I think he's uncomfortable back there because he's a crappy offensive line. And then whatever else is happening between him, players, and the coaches, that dysfunction, okay? So if that's the dysfunction that's happening then how about this? You let him go. Let him go. Let him go try somewhere else. Yes, you're going to take a five mil cap hit, but then you get your coach, if you're committed like they say they are. Again, Mark Davis has said it. Josh McDaniels will be our coach for years to come. That's what he said. Now, of course, he can always change his mind. But if that's the case, then you let your GM and your coach build the team that they believe will win for them. And that starts in the NFL with the quarterback. Has to start with the quarterback. Well, if they bring in a rookie code quarterback, then they're going to blah, blah. It doesn't matter. You have to. That's not to say you can't get a bridge quarterback. 
I mean, look what the Saints have done with Andy Dalton, for Christ's sake, right? They have Andy Dalton or other examples around the NFL of guys kind of keeping the seat warm for the young dude coming up. It costs a lot less money. It allows you to draft a quarterback. It allows you to draft offensive linemen, defensive linemen, safety cornerback, right? Some good cornerbacks and safeties in the draft this year, by the way. So, so if you do that, then you can do it. But you say, well, yeah, but then you're committing to being 2 and 14 or 16, whatever the number is. I'm not good with math. Um, but where do you think you are? You're 2 and 6 right now. Well, yeah, but if you keep car, you, you, at least you could be, you know, somewhere around 500. Oh, so you want to finish better and then you don't get good, better draft picks. I mean, look, I'm not saying you lose on purpose, but I'm saying you either commit to building the team you want to commit to that you want, or you keep playing this game of let's hope Derek Carr can keep it together until we can get enough people around him. I don't think it's a game you're going to win. And again, that's not all on Derek Carr. Some of you want to get rid of Derek Carr because you just don't, don't think he's a good quarterback. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is from a business perspective, at this point, you're all are all in, and for the next three years, you're going to have Derek Carr behind a crappy offensive line, so he's an older guy who's going to get hurt more, perhaps. God forbid. Don't want anybody hurt. And you're going to lose the veteran quarterback who's making a heck of a lot more money, which means you can't free up the money to go get the players you need to get better. Or you thank him for his service. You allow him to try, if he wants, to go somewhere else and succeed and show people what he couldn't do with the Raiders because of the organization. You get your young quarterback if you finish in that draft order and you feel like you can do it and there's somebody you want. You get a bridge veteran to come in as insurance and you go. You go. And you try to unload Waller. And I understand how people's feelings on this are. You don't want to see guys go. But the bottom line is just win, baby. And if you're going to just win, baby, you got to have the guys to do it. And right now, with Derek Carr, I don't think they can free up the money. Where are they going to get the money? And I just don't think, it's not like Derek Carr is getting better. You know, it's not like he's ascending. Is he better than half the other quarterbacks in the league? Eh. Technically, this year, the answer is no, but technically, yes. But the, it all comes down to this, folks. And I know this is hard for fans to kind of think about because you just want your team to win. That's all. Is if you're going to build a future that you believe will result in a Super Bowl championship, you have to build that around a quarterback. You can't build around Derek Carr anymore. You only got three years. And this team is more than three years away from a Super Bowl. I bet anybody any amount of money on that right now. It's unfortunate for you guys, but it's true. So what do you do? What you do is you have to say goodbye. You try to unload what you can. Keep a core team together that you feel is going to keep you competitive, although they're not competitive right now. They're competitive for two quarters. I don't care how good they look for two quarters. You could look like the best team in the NFL in the history of the NFL for two quarters. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's a four-quarter game. You got to play 60 minutes, not 15, not 30, not 40. So all this, well, they're the best team with the worst. No, you are who you are. And they are two and six. 
The New York Jets are six, six and three. Six and three. The New York Jets, who just beat the Buffalo Bills. The Raiders can't beat the Jaguars, who were lost five games in a row. So let's be realistic about this team. We all thought they would be better. The reality is this recipe, a cup of this, a cup of that, a cup of Carr, a cup of Adams, a cup of uh, Chandler Jones, it doesn't taste good. It didn't mix well. Now, maybe the second half of the season they pull it together and they, they, they pull up a respectable season. That's not going to be a playoff season. So you went backward again, and I just think you're at a crossroads. And again, the, I'm not a GM. I'm not a coach. I'm not in the locker room. So what I say here is just my opinion. You guys all have yours, and I know I'll hear from you what you think. But overall, I just don't think, I think it's time. I think it's time. And again, not all his fault. You can't blame Derek Carr for them being two and six. He plays a part in it, as does Judge McDaniels, as does Patrick Graham, as does Dave Ziegler and Mark Davis. And every man on that team, they all play a part. But again, again, in the NFL, the quarterback is the player. He is what you build your championship team around. Look what Jalen Hurts has done so far in Philadelphia. Yes, these teams can have good defenses. I get it. I'm not saying that you don't have a good defense. You win as a team too. But in the NFL, it's, the, it's akin to having a Major League Baseball team with great pitching. Okay? Yes, if you have good defense and good offense, it's going to help you too. But if you have a great pitcher who's lights out, you're going to be in every game. And in the NFL, there's no arguing. No one can ever argue with me sorry, that the quarterback is not the most position or most important position on the field. It is. It is. That's the way the game is. That's the way the rules are now that favor the quarterback, all that stuff. So if you don't have a quarterback that's transcendent, that's going to be a guy. Now there's examples. What about Kirk Cousins? Well, Kirk Cousins has better stats, better winning record than Derek Carr. Now Derek Carr might have more yards in certain situations, but Kirk Cousins has done better. Just has. Has he had better teams? Sure. But for whatever reason, nine years up and down, even when the Raiders had a good team with the exception of 16, their car doesn't win with the Raiders. How much of that is his fault? Not all of it. But there's probably never been another quarterback in the history of the NFL that's had more chances and not been able to be a winner than him. I know there's some examples that were tweeted out yesterday, Archie Manning, a couple other guys, but he's at the bottom of that list. There's like five of them that have that many games with, 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 with a low winning percentage. And again, that's not his fault. If you have a crap team, how are you going to win? Right. But nonetheless, I just think from a men mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint, it's time to move on. And I, again, Derek Carr is a good man. I think he gets a bad rap on a lot of things. We've talked about it on this show. For those of you who have some ag, ag uh, what's that? not that, not agnostic but antagonistic <laughs> view of religion, you seem to consider his religion a, a downside for him, which I don't understand. He's a good man. Now you might not like him as a football player, and that's fine. But a good dude, faithful dude, family guy, does a lot of charity work. So I got nothing against the guy. I just think it's time for both sides. To move on, that's all.
It's just time. And so that that's what I think. I want to know what you guys think. I heard a lot from you already since the game on Sunday that said, Hey, it's time to it's time to move on. I like Derek Carr, but we just gotta do something. And and I agree with that, but it's not just because he's not playing where you want him to play. I it's for all the reasons I laid out in the last two segments. The needs at all the positions on this offense, the needs, the position on defense. You got to get younger. You got to get rookie contracts. You have to have good. And that's why I'm saying three years, because you're going to have to have two good drafts in a row. You're not going to hit on everybody. Nobody ever does. But you got to have two good drafts in a row. And then maybe that third year. You're 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 hitting on all cylinders and you're a playoff team. Yeah, you could maybe be a playoff team in the second year. If you supplement with free agents, you get a good young quarterback and things start clicking quickly. That can happen too. Not not out of the realm of possibility. But realistically, you have you have three seasons. You got to do it, right? So by, by McDaniel's fourth season, it's got to be clicking. But I think they got to pick their guys. Just the bottom line. And I, I Derek Carr is not one of their guys. And they need the money. So... That's where I'm at with that. So um, I'll be interested to hear your viewpoints and what you guys have to say about it. Make sure you also, too, our mailbag show, I think we're going to have to move to Friday this week. We usually have it on Wednesday, but with Mo out, Mo likes to really take part in that, so I don't want to do it without him. He is my man. He is my partner uh, in this podcast, and so I want to make sure he's there. Hopefully uh, he'll be well enough to do that as well. So we're going to move that, but mail us. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Your questions for our mailbag show, your comments, we read them. I even read long ones. Try not to make them too long. But send them in and you have a chance to win a sticker and a T-shirt from Silver and Black Today. We love those shows and you guys too. By the numbers of downloads we get on those shows, you clearly love it too. Um, so we will be back next on Thursday. I hope Mo's back. If he's not, I will be back uh, with a special guest, Jeff Perlman. Jeff Perlman, the uh, award-winning and best-selling author, former Sports Illustrated, just wrote a book on Bo Jackson. So we're going to talk to Jeff Perlman about Bo Jackson on Thursday. So join us on the show then uh, for what should be an interesting conversation. Bo, not very happy with the book, by the way. But in this day and age, athletes who don't write their own autobiographies are very rarely happy with it because uh, they just want to tell the PR fluffy side. They don't ever want to tell any critical look. Uh, And I have not read the book. I'm going to do it between now and the show so I can talk to Jeff about it. But that's what we're going to talk about on Thursday, as well as preview the Colts game. The Colts are a disaster and a mess right now. So we'll talk about that, Mo and I. And our guest, Jeff Perlman, on Thursday. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do it for us, please. Wherever you get the show or listen to us, you can do it, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Stitcher, whether it's on Amazon Music or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We appreciate your support. Turn on the auto download so that all the episodes come to your phone and you don't even have to lift a finger. We would appreciate that very much. For everyone here, including our producer, David Stepanian, my partner, Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, also an Odyssey original. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you on Thursday.